Before we get started, let's, uh, let's pause and seek the Lord's help in prayer. Lord Jesus, our desire is to know you better. We want to be like you. You are God, but we will never be gods. But we want to reflect your character, your nature, your heart to the world around us. So by your Holy Spirit, work in us. We want to we want to get to know you better by spending time with you. So would you would you meet us here this morning and be at work in our hearts for your glory and for our good. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Last time we looked at making it our aim to satisfy our souls in God. George Mueller's advice was to make it the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day to have my soul happy in the Lord. Being nourished and strengthened in my inner man day by day by giving myself to the reading of the Word of God and to meditate on it. He says, the first thing I did after having asked in a few words the Lord's blessing upon His precious Word was to begin to meditate on the Word of God, searching, as it were, into every verse to get blessings out of it for the sake of obtaining food for my own soul. Psalm 90, verse 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. We looked last week at Psalm 19, which begins with all creation proclaiming the glory of God, continues with God's self-revealing in His Word as perfect, reviving the soul, sure, making wise the simple, right, rejoicing the heart, pure, enlightening the eyes clean, enduring forever, true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey, than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Charles Spurgeon, great preacher in London, said this, I have laughed to myself again and again for very joy of heart over some precious passage out of which fresh light has broken to cheer my spirit and make me glad in the Lord. Oh, keep to the Word, my brothers. Keep to it as God's Word and as coming out of His mouth. Suck it down into your soul. You cannot have too much of it. Feed on it day and night, for thus will God make you to live the life that is life indeed. God's Word is the most sure way to hear God's voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. Seek to satisfy your soul in God by digging deep in God's Word, mining its gospel treasures. Man does not live by bread alone. 
But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahweh, the Lord. Mueller said that when he gave himself to meditation on the word to find food for his own soul, prayer naturally flowed out of that interaction with God's word. Interacting with God through his word likely is the best way to stimulate your prayer life. Now today, this first Lord's Day of the new year, I want to look at enjoying the Lord in prayer. Now I could simply say, let's resolve together to pray more this year. But that's not the ultimate goal. What I desire for us is to enjoy God more through Bible meditation, through prayer. I don't want to weigh anyone down with burden or guilt, stacking on something else we feel obligated to do. I don't want the focus to be on our performance of some duty, as if the goal was to be able to say, well, I read the Bible through this many times, I spent this many minutes, this many hours each day in prayer. Rather, I want to keep the focus where it ought to be. Did I deepen in my affections for Jesus? Did I deepen in my relationship with God through the means of grace that He has given to us? Bible reading and prayer are spiritual disciplines. Like an athlete takes up physical and mental disciplines in training. Disciplining herself to think and live in a certain way, to eat and exercise, focus, practice, Not so she can say, look how much I've trained, but so she can realize her potential and perform well in competition. We we don't practice spiritual disciplines to brag about how much time we put in, but because our souls thirst for God, for the living God. Spiritual disciplines are a means to an end They are a means of grace. They are God-given means of obtaining the riches of His undeserved grace that He purchased for us on the cross and freely offers to us for our benefit, for our enjoyment. We're going to look at Psalm 32 today. This is a psalm of David that invites us to the blessed life, the happy life. Our world pursues happiness In all the wrong places. This psalm centers us. Gives us that without which. No one can be truly happy. This is the essential starting point. Of true joy and intimacy with the Lord. Psalm 32 verse 1. Blessed happy is the one. Whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is forgiven. Is covered. Blessed, happy is the man against whom Yahweh counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Psalm 32 begins here with a theological statement. True joy, lasting delight, is found by the one of whom this is found to be true. This also raises to our attention four problems we need to have resolved if we are going to be those who experience the blessed, the happy life. Transgression, 
sin, iniquity, deceit, transgression. We've turned our back on. We've walked away from. We have rebelled against our Creator. Sin. We miss the mark. We fall short of fulfilling the purpose for which we were created. Iniquity. We have corrupted ourselves, twisted and warped ourselves into something grotesque, an aberration of what we were meant to be. We've transgressed against God. We've sinned against His holy and good standard. We've brought iniquity into our own being. And we're treacherous. We seek to deceive others and we are ourselves deceived. The heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. The one who is blessed sees himself in the light of God's holy word, acknowledges his guilt before God and has that guilt resolved. But how? How can our sin against God be resolved? Each synonym for our sin has its answer in God. Forgiven. Covered. Not counted against. A spiritual transformation. Our transgression is forgiven. Lifted as a burden from off our shoulders. No longer something we need to carry. Jesus invites all who are weary and burdened to come to Him. And He will give us rest. Our sin is covered Now, this can mean to conceal, to hide something. But this has a special meaning in the Old Testament sacrificial system. Moses was instructed to build an ark. Now, you're like, wait, wasn't that Noah? No, Moses built an ark. It was a box covered in gold that would contain the tablets of stone, the covenant document that God had given to the people, that the people had agreed to, everything that the Lord has said, we will do, we will be obedient. This is a container that holds the covenant documents of the relationship between God and His people. God instructed Moses to build not only a box, but a lid or cover for the box the mercy seat or atonement lid, atonement cover. Once a year, on the day of covering, the day of atonement, that's what the word means, the high priest was to sacrifice a bull to cover to cover his own sins and the sins of his household. He was to bring incense into the holy place and burn it in a censer so that the cloud of smoke would cover the cover, the lid, the, the mercy seat, so that he would not die. He was to take blood from that bull and splatter it on the cover, on the lid, covering the terms of the covenant that had been broken. Then he was to sacrifice a goat for the sins of the people and splatter that blood on the cover that covered the covenant document so that when God looked down from above, 
The mercy seat, the mercy cover down to the covenant document that his people had agreed to and fell short of living up to. That document was covered. Covered by the cover, the lid. Covered by the blood. Covered by the cloud of incense in the New Testament because of the once for all sacrifice of the blood of Jesus on the cross. Our sins are finally and forever covered. God's wrath propitiated, satisfied. The veil torn so we can enter in. Blessed is the man against whom Yahweh counts no iniquity. This is something God does not do. He does not count our iniquity against us. Now this is bookkeeping, accounting language. Balance the books. Look at who has debts outstanding. Settle accounts. If you have a record of debt that stands in the books against you, pay up, settle, you owe. Paul quotes this psalm, these beginning two verses in Romans chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, defending justification by faith alone, not by works of the law. He says in Romans 4 verse 4, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. The one who works earns wages that are owed to him. I did the job. I fulfilled the terms of our agreement. You said you'd pay me for work services rendered. You owe me. The, the employer owes the employee payment for services rendered. The one who doesn't work but freeloads depends on another. God reckons, counts, credits him With righteousness, a righteousness not his own. He didn't work. He didn't do it. He doesn't owe him anything. Credits him with a righteousness he doesn't deserve. Paul goes on, just as David also speaks of the blessings of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Then he goes on to quote these two verses of this psalm. How? How can God be righteous? A righteous judge and credit sinners, ungodly people, with being righteous before Him. They didn't do it. They aren't. Yet He credits them as righteous. Paul answered that question back in Romans 3 when he pointed to the redemption price paid by Jesus. The propitiation By his blood. Or as he says in Colossians chapter 2. Having forgiven us all our debts. All our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. 
This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The gospel, the good news, is that God takes a sinner who deserves wrath and condemnation, a sinner who says, I I can't fix my situation, but I will receive a gift from you. Would you give me mercy? Not what I deserve. God says, based on the finished work of Jesus who paid that debt, I will credit you with Jesus' perfect righteousness. Blessed, happy is the man against whom Yahweh counts no iniquity. Because if he counted my iniquity against me, I got no hope. If he counts your iniquity, your sin, your transgression against you, you're in deep. Blessed, happy is the man against whom Yahweh counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. David in Psalm 51 prays, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. To have a spirit without deceit, because naturally our hearts are deceitful and wicked, to have a spirit without deceit requires spiritual transformation. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, You must be born again. You must be born from above, born of the Holy Spirit of the living God. You must have that spiritual transformation take place to make you new inside, a new creation. This is good news. This is the good news. You've heard it. Blessed, happy is the man whose sins are covered, whose transgressions against whom the Lord will not count his sin. This is good news. The gospel that Jesus took my place so that I could be forgiven by a holy, a righteous, a just God. You've heard it this morning. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Will you take it? Will you make it your own? I believe this to be true. Is it applied to your life? I'm the sinner that needs that. God, would you be merciful to me, the sinner? I urge you right here, right now, believe. Believe in Jesus. Depend on Him. Be the freeloader that comes to Him and says, I got nothing, but hey, I would love a handout. This is the Gospel, and it is the foundation of our relationship with God. It is the only basis on which we can stand in the presence of God, accepted to speak to Him in prayer. We must come on the basis of Jesus' finished work. His blood, His righteousness, not my own. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom Yahweh counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. 
This, this is an outworking of God's own character. God revealed himself to Moses in Exodus 34. Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. This is the theological statement that he connects to his own experience, the psalmist does, in verse 3. Happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For, verse 3, when I kept silent, my bones Wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. The grief of unconfessed sin is malignant. It's toxic. And this is God's heavy hand on the sinner. God says, yeah, that's me. I'm doing that. But this too is a grace. The weight of God's presence makes continuing in our sin intolerable. And that's a good thing. God's hand is heavy not to crush us, but to bring us to confession. So that we run to Him for rescue. He has provided the way. Is His hand heavy on you today? Selah. Pause. Reflect. Worship. I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to Yahweh, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Acknowledge. Do not attempt to conceal. Do not attempt to hide. The irony of this is that no matter how hard we try, we cannot cover our sins. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Hebrews 4. Fig leaves will not do. Only God can cover our sin adequately. Only the blood of the perfect Lamb. So be vulnerable. Be transparent. Come clean. And He will forgive. He will cleanse you. I acknowledged. I said I will confess my transgressions and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Pause. Reflect. Worship. Verse 6. Therefore, Let everyone who is godly 
Offer a prayer, offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah. The godly, we learn from this psalm, is not the one who is in and of himself morally pure, better than other people. No, it is the one who has acknowledged his sin and received the promised forgiveness. That's the one who is godly. The one who is credited with the very righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So run to Jesus. Hide yourself in Jesus and enjoy his presence. Speak with him. Converse with him. He opened up the way. He invites you to come. Pause. Reflect. Worship. Selah. Verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle or it will not stay near you. Brothers and sisters, be teachable. Heed God's instruction, His teaching, His counsel. We all need counseling and we all give counsel. Much counsel is from those who have failed at life and think that earns them the right to give good advice to others. Seek God's counsel. He is the wonderful counselor. Listen. Do not by your own stubbornness force His heavy hand upon you. Notice He wants you to stay near Him. He's watching over you to care for you. He is your hiding place. Run to Him, not away from Him. Stay near. Be teachable. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in Yahweh. Be glad in Yahweh the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. The wicked are not those who are worse than others. They are those who refuse God's grace. Those who refuse to believe. Those who refuse to trust. Those who refuse to depend on the once for all finished work of Jesus on the cross. Just as the Righteous or the godly, they're not better than others. There's those, there are those who do trust in the finished work of Jesus. Don't be wicked. Trust in Yahweh. Be glad in Yahweh. Rejoice, shout for joy because He has made you upright in heart. He has created a right spirit. He has renewed a right heart in you. Now I started today by saying we were going to look at enjoying the Lord in prayer. 
Forgiveness is the foundation of our relationship with God. And prayer is simply an expression of that relationship as we converse with Him. We must start here. Because we trust in Yahweh, are depending on Him, come to Him as the beggar with nothing to offer, seeking a free handout. Because we trust in Him, we are surrounded by His steadfast love. In response, we rejoice in Yahweh. A few weeks ago, we looked at God, God who is love. God eternally in loving relationship. God who exists as Father, Son, Spirit, enjoying relationship with one another, speaking with one another, seeking to glorify one another. We saw Jesus eager to find time by Himself to converse with His Father in prayer. Adopted into His family, By grace, Jesus invites us to join Him in enjoying relationship with our Father. Our Father. Jesus, Son, only begotten Son of the Father, as we are forgiven and adopted into His family, Jesus invites us, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for opening up a way through your flesh. Your flesh was torn, your blood spilled. The veil ripped so that we today could stand boldly before the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. So we enter in not by our own merits, but by the merits of our Lord Jesus who paid our price in full, who credits us with his own righteousness. So, Father, we want your name to be magnified, made much of in all the earth. We want your glory above our own. We want your rule over each of us and over us together as a body. Would you be our king? Would you accomplish your good purposes? In our hearts. 
Make us more like Jesus. Accomplish your good purposes in our circumstances. May we walk like Jesus. Accomplish your good, your good purposes in the world. Lord, we're needy people. We don't have what we need to even sustain our own life. So would you again today give us breath to breathe? Give us a heart that continues to beat. Give us strength. Help us to turn to you and receive good gifts from you. Sustain us by your steadfast love today. And Lord, we are the beneficiaries of an amazing forgiveness purchased at infinite cost. So Lord, help us in our interactions with others when we are wronged, when we are hurt, to forgive quickly as you have forgiven us. And Lord, our hearts are easily led astray. You are the only one who will satisfy us, but so many things glitter and sparkle and steal our attention away from you. Help us not to be led astray by those things, but help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. And Lord, we so often get ourselves into trouble. Rescue us. Rescue us from the evil that we entangle ourselves with. Rescue us from the evil one set us free. Free to live lives to please and glorify and honor you. Because you deserve all the glory and honor and praise. Jesus, you've opened the way for us to access the throne of grace. So may we enjoy with eagerness and Overflowing delight, enjoy spending time with the one who loves us more than anyone ever could. Thank you for the privilege of access to you in prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I invite some of our men to come and prepare to serve us communion. We have an opportunity to fellowship to commune with the Most High God. And we have that privilege, that access, because of Jesus. Because of His body broken, His blood poured out. We have access to the throne of grace. Because Jesus died in my place. God took my sin, the debt that stood against me, and He put it on Jesus. And He nailed it to the cross. And He took Jesus' perfect righteousness and, and put it in my bank account. So when, when the Father looks at the balance sheets, He says, yeah, I see, see no guilt, no sin. 
That's, that's wiped clean, that's erased, that's deleted, that's forever gone. It's propitiated, it's satisfied. The debt has been paid in full. But, but, what, but you, you've got a... Your bank account is overflowing. Overflowing with righteousness. You've perfectly done everything I've ever asked you to do. You've never sinned. You've, you've always done the good that... You've never neglected to do the good that I've asked you to do. You've, you've walked in perfect obedience. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Jesus' record transferred to my account... That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we celebrate. So as, as we serve bread and juice, reminders of what it costs for me to have this status. Worship. Allow your heart to overflow with joy and delight in the gospel in Jesus. In the Father. Allow the Spirit to fill you and be at work in you. To cause you to delight in the Lord. Once we've all been served, we'll take that together as a body. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Have you? Have you been born of the Spirit? Cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That's what we celebrate today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for paying my price in full. Bearing my guilt, my shame. The wrath of your Father that should have come my way. You took it. You stood in my place on the cross. So today I could enter in. Today I could enjoy relationship. With the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. And so we do, we enter in. Help us to be constant in prayer, in constant communion, fellowship, intimacy with you. Unbroken. And today we see dimly as if through tinted glass one day face to face. We look forward to the day when we eat this together with you seated around your table. We long for that day. In the meantime, keep us faithful. Help our lives bring glory and honor to you. Thank you for your body broken, Jesus, for your blood poured out to purchase us for you. His body broken for you. Take and eat. blood poured out to wash all our sins away. 